Hi, I'm Deb Crow, and I want to welcome you to Season 3 of Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. This is a podcast where we connect, learn, and laugh together with authentic and courageous leaders from all over the globe. You will learn from leaders you haven't even met yet. You will gain new tools to add to your leadership toolkit. Leadership belongs to all of us. It's not measured by stature or title. So please pull up a chair and listen in. This is the Heart Centered Leadership Podcast. You know, as we launched season three, I, I had a deeper feeling in my heart that I wanted to find more people, more global leaders who were doing heart work. And I had a wonderful executive assistant reach out to me and introduce me to our guest today. So let me tell you a little bit about Arnaud St. Paul. He describes himself as a conscious technologist, a philanthropist, an author, author, and a visionary who has been inspiring both businesses and individuals around the world for decades. And his goal is to help them reach their highest potential. Arnaud has been awarded for his many outstanding achievements in innovation, technology, and methodology. We're going to talk to him today about his latest accomplishments. So Arnaud, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. Well, it's lovely to find another heart-centered leader. And I know 10 years ago, you had said that your life purpose is to help 1 billion people open their hearts to themselves. So I am very excited to interview you. So I'm, I'm going to launch right into my leadership question. That's a pretty hefty life purpose. Yep. And I would love to hear the update 10 years. Here we are now a decade later. But Share with us the backstory of where your heart-centered leadership really started and what drew you to this work. Okay, so how many hours do we have? Uh, <laughs> no, so very quickly, uh, when I was 13, I had a spiritual awakening where the inner truth became superseded the outer truth, let's put it that way. And that brought me to the journey of answering the question, who am I? That eternal question. And I went into different studies of religions and, and philosophies and practices and whatnot. And while I was also working in finance and launching startups in the technology world, I started to help people on their own journey. And which brought me to that life purpose, which that was the only thing that really made sense to me to focus my time, you know, this, this now moment that we have for something that would really fill my heart, which is to help one or one billion hearts to open. Uh, that's my gift and the gift I receive. And so the number, the hefty goal doesn't really matter. What matters is the actual direction in which is going, which is to opening to more and more unconditional love. And in a very business matter, right? Because in the end, it has a very, very pragmatic point of view and application. But also at the same time, it is all about opening up and opening up is very good, even more so in a business environment. And so, yeah, uh, where am I today? We've launched the Heartful Method and have launched two books. We have retreats, workshops, 
And also I launched a platform to help children to live through empathy, compassion, and altruism using blockchain. So using technology and yeah, we're growing. And at the end of this life, I will arrive to 1 billion or not. That's, that's the fun uh, in the journey, right? And so let's play. <laughs> well, you mentioned so many beautiful nuggets I want to pull out. I think it's beautiful that at the beginning of your, your teen years, which really I think is the beginning of our formidable years, having a spiritual awakening at that age and, and really asking yourself, who am I? And I think that's a question we repetitively ask ourselves at different junctures but I love what you said about living in the now and enjoying the journey. And I think when we we leave childhood and start being young adults and carrying the responsibilities of the world on our shoulders, I think people forget to, I like to call it cognitive currency. Just live right now because we can't change yesterday. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. And it's embracing that gift of the presence. And it's not about the billion people. It's about you having fun along the way and, and opening hearts. And, and I just love that. And I feel so aligned on the other side of, of the globe here in Canada that I know that you're doing what you're doing all over the place because we chatted before we hit record and just know from one heart-centered leader to another, it makes my heart feel good to know that you're that you're out there doing that work. So thank you. When I was teaching yoga, I always ended my class with my favorite kind of closing was by saying, "The light in me is the light in you." Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just that acknowledging that spiritual, energetic presence before closing everything off with namaste and and that's just kind of the energy and and the equanimity that you give it's very calm so there's decades of work there so just know that i see that and i acknowledge it and i'm i'm delighted to share you and your expertise on the show today thank you thank you so much now my second question is a fun question because it's kind of an offshot of the name of the show because we're all imperfect. So this question has been asked to almost 200 leaders in the last two years. And I always want it to have permanent residency on my show. So share with us what imperfections Arno brings to his heart-centered leadership. Interesting question. Hmm. Too much talking. And keep going on this because I know there's more to come. So <laughs> you're acknowledging when you self-audit, your imperfection is sometimes too much talking. So a little bit verbose. And does that come from excitement or impatience or how would you describe it? What have you learned about your imperfections while you've been doing this work for the last how many decades? Three or four decades. It's not really my imperfection. It's the imperfection of how we convey information. And I do and I can do the same in silence. But because of the construct which, within which we are, talking is needed. Which is not an imperfection per se either, because it is also needed to provide a sense of direction at, at the beginning more so. However, this is an imperfect way to communicate. And I, I love asking you this question because I had a feeling that you were going to kind of bring it to another level. And my favorite part of your answer was, we can get to the same 
destination and silence. And I think that's where kind of the waters get muddy or people see as a barrier. Mm -hmm. So I, I love that you framed it that way. Now, my third leadership question is, I know you have been creating, we're going to talk about your, your method in a minute, but I'd like to talk about the work you've been doing lately with Heal Through Words. Uh-huh. And I can only imagine how you felt and the energy and excitement you brought to this. Share with us where you kind of mastered the thought and how you executed this and how it's helping people. Cause I just, I love the name heal through words. Right. So uh, heal through words went through rebranding and now it's named Tapuat, which means eternal rebirth and in Hopi language. So the initial initiative behind heal through words was to create inspirational quotes that would inspire people randomly in their lives and could potentially open the gates for them to start a journey or or go continue on their journey towards themselves. And so that was the initial strategy. And we were able to reach 50 million people with that, which is very, very nice, very happy about that. Now with Tapuat, it's slightly different. I am more looking from a business standpoint because I believe that's how we're going to be able to reach a lot more people faster and more deeper. So it's less about, you know, small inspirations, but more deeper inspirations and find, helping people and their organizations to find coherence and alignment, which is another word of love, of heart, of peace and, and balance and flow. You know, it's so interesting because when I started my company at 24 years old, which was 32 years ago, no. I was told that love and like and heart had no place in the same sentence as business, that it didn't have place within business acumen. And I've been on my own personal journey as an entrepreneur And also, you know, had an Irish Nana who always said to me, when you lead with your heart and you lead with love and you give, you will always get back tenfold. And I was around eight or 10 years old. And and I remember that and I engraved it on my heart. And even though I had bosses before I went out starting my own company, it was so interesting to me. And I thought, how can we not have this? And now I look at the world and where we're at and what we've completely migrated to from the world climate and, and unprecedented times. And it almost just brings me back to that 10-year-old girl and having that serendipitous you know, moment or alignment when you just know in the pit of your gut You just have that intuition aligned with your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions that I knew this was right. But I'm just going to throw in another question. Do you think the world wasn't ready for this until now? And do you think we needed to have something like a pandemic for people to realize what's truly important in our lives? Was it that or you were not ready and I was not ready? Mm -hmm. Yeah. With which we don't know. What we do know is now is the time. Now is the time. Yeah, it's, a, it's just a very, it's, it's just a conversation that can take on so many different 
views and vantage points. And like you said before, it opens up for a beautiful, meaningful conversation, or it's an invitation to embrace the silence to really work through what you want. It's, it's kind of a twofold. Very interesting. I love it. Now, you have a new science proven method that you've been using, and I would love for you to share with our listeners the name of it and how you've kind of been unveiling it and teaching it around the world to reach so many people. And, and what gave you that kind of passion? Where was that fire in your belly? And, and when did you have that alignment to say, this is what we need to do? Okay, so so many questions. Um, the name is the Heartful Method. It's there. It's something that came together in the past 30 years of me trying to understand how I can live life through my heart instead of my mind. And so now it's a method to help people do the same, right? And a lot more than that. And in other words, uh, to help any individual organization to go from a state of cacophony to a state of harmony. So like a symphony, right? At first it's love instruments everywhere and then it becomes a beautiful song or, or, or music. And so we could have that for our lives if we allow it and if we accept it as such. It's a beautiful gift that we can do, we can give to ourselves, but, but not a lot of people accept to have that, funnily enough. Anyway, so the interesting thing is this method exists since about, what, 15 years, I guess. I've been helping people more confidentially for the, the past 15 years. But it's recently only that I started to really promote it because I was ready for it, I imagine. And uh, I wrote a second book about this called I, which is uh, 66 paths towards, from, of I towards itself. And it's uh, different viewpoints of how I is experiencing itself. And then we started to really find the right way to communicate what the Heartful Method is about and uh, started to promote it like end of last year. So it's super recent from that standpoint, even if I've been using it for the past 20 years. And yeah, I mean, it's part of my life purpose. You know, it's one of these tools that are necessary to get out there. And so off we go on a campaign talking about it and gathering the people that really want to be part of that movement. And which, by the way, is available on our website and uh, anybody can go and, and learn and experience it more than importantly than not. And on the URL called tapua.com slash harmony and it's available for free. And then we have retreats and all that stuff if necessary, of course. Well, we, we're going to put everything below in the podcast episode description. So our listenership, which has grown to 65 countries, I'm, I'm sure are going to be keen to, to read about you and your work and see all that you're doing. And again, just to reiterate, it just makes me feel good that there's someone else, you know, on the other side of the world doing this level of work. I think there's more of us needed. Yes. And I'm hoping through people having their own spiritual awakening or whatever they want to call it, their aha moment. Everybody has different languaging that I think this has always been there. Like you said, you've been doing it kind of privately for the last 15 years and now it's slowly becoming more mainstream because I think people were ready to maybe really self-audit their lives and maybe that was the catalyst of the pandemic. I don't know. Mm -hmm. 
it'll be interesting to see as it as it unfolds. Mm-hmm. I'm going to switch gears and I'm going to ask you four fun questions. I call them my fab four. And I just want to know what's sitting on the top of that heart, brilliant mind of yours. So I don't want you to think about these. I just want you to tell me what's sitting there when I ask you the question. So here we go. Okay. The first question is, Tell us something that we don't know about you. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing and everything. Something you don't know. Well, something you do know, but the audience doesn't, is I travel a lot. (laughs) I am quite nomadic lately, and uh, my my house, my home is in my heart uh, more than any place uh, on earth. So maybe that's the right answer for your question. Well, and it's an interesting place because you're not giving it a fixed address. It's always with you. So that's an interesting metaphor to think about, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, second question. Can you name a book that you've read at any age that was really impactful for you in your life? And what was the name and the author? Who Am I? (laughs) Of course. Uh, From Ramana Marshi. And how did it change you? Did it put you on the trajectory of self-discovery and the work that you're doing? Or how was it impactful? No, I was already on that journey, but it was impactful because, I mean, a lot of what he presents. Uh, so Amana Marshi was, is or was a wise man from uh, the early 1900s in India. And what he presents is in big part, part of the heartful method nowadays. Uh, But he, you know, he said it and I drew it. Uh, So it's a very different delivery and maybe more modern nowadays. And so, yeah, it's a beautiful book. I mean, along with that, you have the Bhagavad Gita and the Vedas and and many other books uh, that are really interesting, but that one was really awesome. Really impactful. Okay, third question. I got to put some context around this question. So I'm going to grant you a wish. Oh. And the wish is that you get to have dinner with any leader in the world. And this leader could be living. This leader could have already passed away. Who is the leader that you would love to sit down and have dinner with? And what would the dinner conversation be? (laughs) Uh, Ramana Maharishi. And the conversation would be of silence. How did I know you were going to say that? (laughs) You would just be enjoying the meal and and basking in the silence. Yes. Haven't had that before, but I had a feeling that was going to be your answer. (laughs) Now, before we close out the show, I want to say that I'm so excited that your assistant reached out to connect us. Like attracts like. I'm a big, big proponent in that. Your level of spirituality and, and my level that I've, you know, embraced through yoga and, and again, my own personal journey. So it's always delightful to meet other like and heart minded individuals. So just know from my heart to yours that I love spending time with you Likewise. and sharing your expertise and happy to share you with the world and and look forward to staying connected. I'm going to ask you to finish the show by finishing this sentence for me. Again, in your own words, whatever comes to mind, here's the sentence. Heart-centered leadership is... The first word that came, beauty. The second word, 
harmony. Thanks for joining me today on Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. I hope that you've enjoyed the show today and learned some new tools for your leadership from our amazing Heart-Centered guest. And if you like the show, we would welcome a rating and review on whatever platform you listen to. And we would love to have any comments or feedback at any time. And if you want some more heart-centered goodness, head over to our daily blog, masteringtheheart.com.